to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, coming to you from pristineauction.com studios with your hosts, Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, and Joe Holka. I don't know if the pointing on the video worked, but I did. I kind of pointed at you guys, but who knows? That's uh, why you go follow Joe at Joe Holka and check out his Instagram and the YouTube to watch the video that goes along with this. But if you're just listening in general, welcome, Foot Clan. Welcome to the Footballer DFS Podcast. DFS for the rest of us. And if you're not part of the DFS package, where Chris and myself and many others write articles to help you every single week, and if you're paying attention to us for at least the past three weeks, if you're doing what Chris and I have been doing, well, and Joe, uh, you've been looking good because the past three weeks have been smashing, at least for us so far. So hopefully you're with us. And we've seen a lot of you guys tweeting us and say, hey, we love to see when you tweet us at Chris Meany for Chris, at All In Kid for myself, to see the winnings that you have. But again, if you're not part of the package, it's podcast, which is very simple to remember, 10% off. And we're going to get right into it. But real quick, uh, Joe, like I know you have a nervous week coming up here. Yeah, it's uh, championship week on DraftKings. I don't have a seat myself, but I will be in Miami for the DraftKings Live Final with one of my one-on-one clients, which will be be great. Going to do a little bit more research, make sure he's all set for that. He's got two seats, $2 million up top. Uh, Wouldn't be a bad payday for him, so I'll be sweating that along with my own teams. But yeah, we're going to dive a little bit deeper this week. I feel a little bit more prepared even than than normal this time of week because a lot on the line, championship week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Get out of Minnesota for a couple of days. It's snowing pretty hard out there right now. Uh, so Miami for me, uh, it'll be taking off tomorrow. So it'll be a lot of fun. Nice Miami. Chris. Yes. Yeah. Jelly. I'm sure you would like to be in Miami right now. How many feet of snow do you have already in Canada? Um, <laughs> actually, it's not too bad. Look at the window right now. It's uh, it's nice blue skies. We had some snow. I was without power a couple weekends ago, which was awful. Let's try to just refresh all my matchups. Like need to get into the playoffs, need to win DK, need to win FanDuel. But right now, no snow, so it's all good. But I would like to be Miami with Joe, 100%. Yeah, and for the record, the best way to get to those finals is not by burning money in qualifiers. It's by being a plus one for someone else that burned a lot of money in qualifiers <laughs> to get there because uh, it's uh, pretty pretty tough to get there, obviously. A great way to lose money, but uh, it will be a fun event. You do it more for the experience, I think, than anything else. A lot of people uh, probably pretty buried at this point if they've been firing at those cues pretty hard. Yeah, 100%. And uh, some breaking news as we jump into things, which we'll talk about, but Jameis Winston's only throwing a tennis ball today. So oh, we're going to get to him. Yeah, so Sounds we're going to talk great. about that. Uh, we were, Before we came on, Joe said, you know, I've been the king of naked Jameis, and then last week was Jameis Godwin, and that did even better. Well, that's been great all year, but it might not happen this week now. So let's talk some cash game plays as we always start with. Straight cash, homie. All right, Chris, I'm going to just jump into your mind here real quick. All right. You ready for this? Because I know you. I've known you for too long. And for anybody that's listening to the show can probably guess where I'm going right now. I know 100% your lineups have started with Chris Carson and then from there. (laughs) Yeah, you do know me pretty well. Uh, I mean, it's hard to argue the matchup and and for Chris Carson and just all the volume that he's gotten all year long. I mean, third in carries per game. He's had at least 76 yards on the ground in eight of his last 10 games. So there's a safe floor. We know that Rashad Penny's not not around anymore on this team. So I expect him to be pretty chalky. But if you're a cash game player, I mean, $7,500 on DK and $7,400 on FanDuel. I guess the question is, do you even bother avoiding him in in tournaments? Because he will be chalk, but there is such thing as good chalk, right? We've talked about this before, but smash matchup. Seattle wants to run the football. Yeah, he's an awesome, awesome play. Uh, 7,500 for Carson, 74 on FanDuel. Like, 
awesome team total there, even on the road. But you mentioned the matchup, like 32nd DVOA against the run. Like Carolina's a team we can definitely attack in that regard. And Chris Carson in these games without Penny this year has been extremely involved in the passing game as well. So uh, I'm totally on board. I've got him projected for about 24 touches right now. So at that price point, I think he's got to be one of the better uh, kind of plays on the slate just across the board at the top end of running back. Uh, I think he's he's got to be a guy for cash games that you he kind of gets locked in and move on from there. Yeah. So, all right, Chris, like, give me one maybe I'm not thinking of inside of your, your mind right um, now. I, I like Todd Gurley. I mean, um, I think even in cash, I think you can get by with Todd Gurley. They've really just kind of turned things over to him. And, I mean, you look, he's had basically four good games all year, and, and they've come, two of them at least, have come in his last couple contests. He's had 42 carries, 174 yards, two touchdowns over that span, five catches over those two games as well, and at least three grabs in three of his past four games. So that's positive. It's kind of close, kind of, I say kind of, kind of close to last year's Todd Gurley and just the fact that he is touching the ball about 20 times and getting that usage out of the backfield. And his price is, I mean, it's kind of depressed a, a little bit for, for somebody who's been disappointing all year, right? I mean, 6K for Gurley on DraftKings. Uh, so I, I like Yeah, I think he's more favorable on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean, you're going to get maybe maybe get three or four catches. It, it, they just seem to... I don't, I don't know if this was Sean McVay's plan all along uh, to just wait to this point. To <laughs> he was really playing the long on. con. Maybe, I don't know. Like, we can't give Todd Gurley a full workload. And all of a sudden, recently, over the past couple of weeks, it's like, oh, yeah, now we're going to give Todd Gurley a full workload, right? It's super strange. I, I noticed Cooper Cup last week only had about 55% of the snaps using two tight ends there just to, to block a little That's bit more. That's what's been wrong with Jared Goff, too. Yeah, no, yeah, no doubt. Like, well, it has been what's wrong with Jared Goff, I think, because there's been no play action and they haven't been able to use their best weapon in Todd Gurley, who I do think is their best weapon, right? Robert Woods is a great blocker. He's been involved recently as well. Tyler Higby's done a good job over the past couple weeks catching balls and blocking for Gurley too. So I think at 6K, I, I could definitely get involved in, in cash lineups. And I haven't said that all year, I don't think, about Gurley. A pretty bold strategy by McVeigh. Just wait until your team's eight and five <laughs> with a couple to go with a third in the division and then just unleash Todd Gurley. But yeah, 6K, I think that one thing that kind of goes understated this time of year is just some of these backs that have been shouldering a pretty heavy load, like depending on where their team is at in the playoff race, like we might we might see some of them scaled back a little bit. Um, in terms of Christian McCaffrey, we kind of saw the direct opposite last week. Like they were down two touchdowns in the late kind of portion of that game and McCaffrey was still just catching balls that's basically what, how he got there right because he i think he was stopped at the one yard line didn't end up getting a touchdown but basically on like one of the last two drives caught like four or five balls and kind of got at least yeah. to his floor so that was nice to see but i mean the game was completely out of hand and he was still getting touches so i think we got to think about that todd Gurley, though is someone that hasn't been shouldering the workload like you said so maybe at 6k his price really hasn't kind of met where they want to go with him he was a guy that was kind of banged up and just didn't look good for most of the beginning part of the season. This this Rams and Cowboys game, I think, stands out as one of the ones that could be one of the highest paced of the entire week as well. I've actually got it projected for uh, the most plays uh, of any game, but I, I'm not sure where the ownership is going to go on this one. But I, I do have some interest in the Rams, and Todd Gurley's a, a pretty big part of that. I don't know if I can um, put him in the same touch category as our boy Lenny, Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson, but I think that like for the, the savings that you get, Todd Gurley is a, a pretty nice play this week too. Yeah, so, well, for that point, you guys want to guess what number one and number two are projected running backs, ownership-wise, to your point, Joe? Saquon and CMC. Wrong. <laughs> On both. Oh, wow. Uh, well, it's got to be Chris? Henry, right? People are just, I mean, Henry is just... Wrong. Patrick Clay. Wrong. 
No, oh third. Patrick Laird. Uh, <laughs> wrong, wrong, wrong. Todd Gurley and Chris Carson. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah, people there you are go. Chris Carson. Sure, that makes sense. Number number one and number two, but what you just mentioned, Joe, your boy, number four, Lemmy, not Lenny. <laughs> yeah, I think that we probably could have saved Lenny for uh, maybe like the, the tournament portion of today, just because I think most people are going to click Chris Carson for 7,500, but basically the same price on both sites. Fournette, like drastically lower team total. Jacksonville's kind of given up, to be completely honest. It seems like that yes. over the last couple of weeks. The volume should still be there. Um, I do think that the matchup is still, it's a great spot still for Fournette. Oakland 27th against the run, 29th against running backs in the passing game. I mean, I'm still projecting Fournette for um, some of the most volume on, I mean, he's top three in volume on this entire slate. It's just a lot of the kind of uh, things in terms of game environment. Just It's a tough one to click this week, but I think he's definitely a guy from a tournament perspective, he ends up being drastically lower on compared to compared to Carson, compared to Saquon. I think that makes some sense, but I don't know if he's like in the optimal this week. Yeah, there's been some mediocre All running right. backs too, Jake, who have just found the end zone against Oakland recently. Another team who just seems like they've given up. Although this, I think this is their last game in the black hole. Maybe they'll be fired up. I don't know. But Darwin Thompson, LaShawn McCoy, no, Joe Mixon, these guys have all found the end zone over the past couple weeks against them. My buddy has been in town for the past two weeks. He's gone now, but he's a Raiders fan. I've actually watched the past two weeks. They're, that team's definitely still trying. Yeah. They're, the problem is, it's just they don't have the pieces. But they do have that kid that I always keep forgetting his name. Um, the white dude, the defensive lineman. I say white dude because you know, the white dudes usually play linebacker at this point. Crosby. But, yes. Thank you, Crosby. Yes. yes, he's he's been beasting. Yes. Yeah, of, of late and. Uh, I look at it, and it's just it's just the fact that they don't have the run defense pieces. I don't think it's so much the team to not to like you know commute come at you for that. But I want to do talk about this game because Josh Jacobs sounds like he's going to return, which you know the logical side of things we can sit here and say there's no way the Raiders are risking bringing back Josh Jacobs, who is their future, if he can't aggravate the, like so. If the doctors say you can't make the injury worse, that seems to be the logical situation here. So with that and looking at this game and both the, like, I mean, this is one of those ones where Joe, you talk about sometimes too playing the running backs on both sides. Are we looking at Jacobs or is there too much risk that you're concerned that he can aggravate the injury and exit early? Again, we, we would assume, and we're not going to talk about that game because it's the night game, but the same thing with James Connor, like why would the team risk him if he can make it worse? So how do you feel, Chris, about Josh Jacobs? A tournament only. I get super scared when it comes to cash. Like if you're playing a like a five dollar head to head or a double up, sure, go ahead. But if you're if you're putting some money down in, in a cash lineup, no chance. Like I'm I'm just not doing it. I see the queue. We've talked about this all the time. You, you see the queue by the name. You see the reports. There's been conflicting reports. I I saw yesterday. Gruden said he he didn't realize that Josh Jacobs could actually play this weekend. Um, so that makes I don't <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Maybe that's just maybe he's just saying that. And again, that that makes me want to play him a little bit more in tournaments. He's playing the long con. <laughs> There's another one, yeah, long con. <laughs> but I mean, potentially that sh- people should probably shy away in tournaments. I'm not saying probably they, but they probably will, right? I mean, just because you see that cue right. and and the potential that he could leave the game. I mean, earlier in the year, there was a game against Green Bay, I think, where he just absolutely balled out um, and he missed a part of that game. He left and then came back and was still pretty productive on the ground. So I won't do it in cash. I just, I tend to shy away from people who, who may even, even if he is active, Jake, maybe he just doesn't get that full workload, which we're used to seeing. So I'll, I'll shy away in cash. 
Yeah, I've gone short kind of on Josh Jacobs, I feel like, most of the season. And at 7K, based on some of the other values we have and some of the other guys at the top, I don't think he's going to be anywhere near my player pool this week. I think that, yeah, the matchup makes a lot of sense, 31st in terms of DVOA against the run for, for Jacksonville. So I get that side of it. I do think that if Josh Jacobs were to miss, even though it's looking like he he won't, uh, DeAndre Washington's definitely back in play. What did you guys end up doing with that situation last week? I actually think that one of the bigger mistakes that I made on DraftKings was not leaving that flex spot open in order to to pivot over to DeAndre Washington and then maybe you move up or scale up a wide receiver at that point because he ended up being, I mean, realistically, like Powell was just the chalk last week, right, at a pretty similar price point. DeAndre Washington right. probably wasn't much worse in terms of his raw projection, but he was like 3% owned. Powell was like 60 so I think that right. like in terms of late swap, like I wish I would have given myself that flexibility. And I think that was a pretty big mistake. But did you guys what did you guys do with the whole Oakland situation last week? I think that's still kind of relevant, like as we kind of move towards playoff weeks when we're going to talk about late swap a lot more. Well, you could definitely look, I think this week a little bit more sense. Well, so a little bit more sense. And if you need that flexibility. But I think it kind of comes down to I'll get so I didn't do it, but I didn't do it because my lineup didn't afford itself to do so. Like so for that, again, when I saw some people say afford, he was cheaper. But looking at DeAndre Washington, the savings I got didn't help for what my lineup construction already was. And I was sitting so pretty from the one o'clock games that I wasn't going to screw around and just leave sixteen hundred dollars on the table just to move to DeAndre Washington when I forget who was in my flex was so good anyway. So. I I think it's a great strategy if you're looking for that kind of flexibility, maybe at wide receiver. Like if it's going to help you get a wide receiver you prefer more, then I would like look for that opportunity. But I, Chris, the same thing. I don't know for you, but it kind of comes down to the rest. Basically, you need one other spot you can pivot out to to make that worth it because you're not just going to go from somebody and just leave $1,600 on the table just to leave $1,600 yeah, on the table. Yeah, uh, for sure. But I, I think it's a great point Joe brings up. I mean, again, we're looking at at a 4 o'clock game, so an afternoon game, and, and who knows when that Jacobs news will, will come down. Maybe we'll get it Friday afternoon that he's he's definitely going to play, but um, it was like an hour right. and a half, I think, before the game. So I did have Powell in a couple flex spots. I, I, I had that... Uh, in the back of my mind that it could happen. Uh, luckily, I, I jumped up Powell in a couple spots. I still played a lot of Bilal Powell at that price point. And, you know, he's pretty disappointing. And Joe, you alluded to it. The chalk was was there. Washington, not a lot of people were on Washington. I think the the most intriguing part for me, and I and I expected him to be the goal line back, but when they were down in that football game, it wasn't so much Jalen Richard. It was, it was Washington catching balls out of the backfield, seven targets, six grabs. And I think that's very encouraging. And, you know, if you're playing again this week and you, you know, you have the, you're talking about it, Jake, you have the luxury to maybe swap a guy out. I think, you know, have that in the back of your mind that, you know, keep that flex spot open, that it could be a very similar situation. Again, if you want to get nuts and play them in your, if you play in those large contests where you put in, I don't know, a hundred lineups in a, in a tournament. I think, you know, even still with Jacobs potentially active again, just in the back of my mind, this is the time of the year where you can get nuts, right? <laughs> you can get nuts. And, and what Joe's talking about, some guys are, some teams are, are out of it. They're not giving guys full workloads. Right. There's lots of value to be had at this point of the season. So I think even Washington could be in play with an active Jacobs. Well, so if you're looking at this week, a good opportunity might be like, let's say you have Jacobs and Jacobs makes you only be able to afford Mike Williams. And then if it swaps to DeAndre Washington, now you can swap out Mike Williams for Jarvis Landry, right. something like that. Like those, these are the kind of things I would think about. Uh, so, you know, those are, and we'll talk about some of these wide receivers here in a second, but real quick before we do, I do want to bring up somebody you brought up earlier, Chris, and that was Derek Henry. I think 
the health is scaring a lot of people away because if you well, obviously his price is finally starting to get up top. He's second most on FanDuel, just for an exa- example. He's not even inside the top, whoa, top 20 to 15 ish, somewhere right around there for projected ownership. The top 15, he's right around there. And I think it's the injury. And I think it's a legitimate concern because if you saw late in that game, I mean, he's still putting up yards, but I don't know if you saw one of that last run where he kind of didn't even take off running and didn't even try to elude anybody. He kind of almost just, it was not quite as bad as David Johnson a few weeks ago, but he was in open space. He had the linebacker and one of the corners or safeties coming over down, coming from coverage. And he kind of just trotted. And I think that's the concern people have is like, he's been a beast and Joe always likes to make him my boy. But I think that's why people are off him, Chris. And I think that's the dessert. I would be, put it this way. If Josh Jacobs practices in full on Friday and they're like, Josh Jacobs was good to go. I feel better about him than I do at Derrick Henry after watching what happened hmm. last week. Yeah. I, well, I think it's fair. I, I saw him on the sidelines too, stretching, but I mean, he can only go downhill from here, right? I mean, he's had at least 25 fantasy points in five straight games. He's had a hundred <laughs> yards on the ground in four straight. Was that a play on words? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, because yeah, it's exactly what he's done all year. So, I mean, he's touched the ball at least 19 times in four straight games, even with, you know, being on the sidelines there at, at points. So, I mean, Houston's given up the seventh most fantasy points to back. So that's the one the one fear I always have with him is how many balls is he going to catch out of the backfield? It's probably only going to be one or two. That's why it's it's tough for me to to maybe get there on DK. And you mentioned the price on FanDuel. It's, it's, it's gotten up there. But, hey, if people are going to be afraid, I'm seeing this low ownership. I mean, I'm not going to. I'm not going to avoid him 100% in tournaments. Maybe we shy away in cash because of that. But again, he's just been so consistent. Price is so yeah. bad. So bad. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think that if we can, can we separate ourselves from the, the results for, for three seconds over the last couple of weeks? Like, I get that Henry's been playing really well. But like, this is the type of guy that when he gets to this price point, like, you shouldn't be anywhere near him. You should be playing Derrick Henry if you like a guy like that in a larger field tournament when he was like 6,900, 7,100, because then if he does go nuts for his two touchdowns and 150 on the ground, then you get leverage there. But now it just feels like like for him to really get there at that price point. I, I mean, at that point, like, I don't know. I'm not going there. I'm, t- I'm taking a flyer on um, one of these other guys in the mid seven a range 150 <laughs> well, times out of 100, basically. Is, is one of them the one that's $800 cheaper on DraftKings? I mean, I, I have four guys I probably would prefer over Derek. Henry you have his sure. jersey behind you. I'll give you the, the that's the second hint. I mean, yeah, we Barkley haven't talked about Saquon enough. He's a phenomenal yeah. play this week. Is he? Like that's so, I mean, is it, let me ask you this, Joe. Is he, period, is he with the fact that just so people out there didn't see the news, uh, they're potentially down another offensive lineman. And does your opinion change if it's Daniel Jones versus Eli Manning at quarterback? It does a little bit. And for the record, I am not a talent evaluator whatsoever. Uh, So, yeah, people are saying that, like, Saquon doesn't look the same. His burst isn't the same. Like, I have no idea. All I can all I can tell you guys is just looking at his projection in terms of it touches his matchup. It's all very, very strong. And then what we've seen in the past with Eli Manning, like he's someone that is not scared to really dump the ball off, which we've seen. So, yeah, I do think it matters a little bit. He's a lot less mobile. If they are going to see a little bit of pressure, that would make sense. But Miami isn't a team that pressures a ton anyway. I just realistically like i haven't projected for the second most touches on the slate he's 7700 i'm playing him over derrick henry in every single lineup in every single scenario yeah i think that i think that makes a lot of sense and i agree i mean henry he has to do exactly what he's been doing and again it's just it's tough to really imagine that he's going to be able to do that again right um when 
I mean, Houston's game plan is going to be to try to take him away. But for me, for Barkley, I like him again, just tournaments. I just don't play him in cash. I haven't played him in cash since I think week three when he suffered the ankle injury. I just haven't been been buying into the fact that he's been healthy but I agree with everything that Joe said I mean I expect him to be top three top five in terms of touches the matchup is unbelievable we know the upside is there catching a few balls out of the backfield he's done that a little bit more recently six grabs 11 targets over his last two games and he looked okay last week with Eli Manning under center even against a tough defense in Philadelphia 17 for 66 I mean that's one of his better rushing you know games of the season to be honest in terms of just yards per attempt so yeah I don't mind it but again I just I can't trust the Giants, Jake. I can't trust the Giants. Can't trust Barkley in cash. I just can't do it. All right. Anybody else before we move wide receiver? Good. Thumbs up. Well, what do you guys think about Patrick Laird? Honestly, like to, let's let's look at it objectively. He's forty five hundred on DraftKings, like against the Giants, like a team that we know pass catching running backs have done pretty well against. Like, are you guys? I mean, I have him at, for almost twenty touches right now and four catches at forty five hundred. I, I mean, I think he's cash value. I, I would agree. I, I think uh, so too, actually, just because of that price and the fact that he probably will catch four or five balls. I mean, if he gets you 13, 15 fantasy points at forty five hundred dollars, I think that's great. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. He's got double digit points in the last two games, five targets, four receptions in both. Uh, he did have the touchdown against the Eagles, as you know, but 15 rushes last week. Mm-hmm. That's a surprising thing. Understand yeah, the 15 rushes. Well. Yeah, 15 rushes only turned into 48 yards, but it is the Giants run defense, which is, you know, better than their fast defense. But if their pass defense is worse and he can do damage in the past, point being almost right. 20 touches. For a Patrick lot of Clare. there for a guy that's forty five hundred. Yeah, and we don't know the the status of well fifty five on Fanduel too. Yeah, he's cheap on. And Fandle we don't know the well. status of Dante Parker. Like if Parker doesn't play, I mean, maybe there's a couple more grabs for him. Actually, Alan Hearns missed oh, practice yesterday too. Just totally <laughs> opens things up. Like maybe maybe the answer though with all these guys hurt in Miami is just to avoid the situation completely. I have no idea. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the volume should be there for Laird at that price. I think he's going to be yeah, super I think popular he will be too. All right, so he is the number three. Actually, he dropped. He was. I just checked yesterday because I was writing a column for the footballers. Patrick Lair was initially number one. He's fallen behind, not by much, but he's behind Todd Gurley and Chris Carson. I don't know what happened in the past day that you know Carson Gurley got some talk going on that jumped ahead of him. But top three right there. So, wide receivers cash game wise. Uh, we'll go to you, Joe. We went to Chris first on running back because I predicted him. So. Yeah, I think wide receiver is an interesting one this week. Like, I think that there's going to be a ton of salary available because there's a lot of kind of decent values this week. Like, depending on what happens in Jacksonville, I think that that's that's something that could shape this entire slate. Is if we get Chark, I don't think he practiced yesterday. We'll have to see if he didn't practice already today. The report was. Hold on, let me go back to it real quick. Isn't expected to practice again today, so it would seem he's out. But so I'm glad you brought up Jacksonville because I was going to bring them up as a whole. The entire thing at wide receivers, if we can play these cheaper guys, if Chark is out, I don't know. I think that that's where the value looks like so far. But who would you turn to? Because I don't think we. So this is something that Chris knows because I brought up on the the athletic the throwback podcast. I said we haven't really had a D.D. Connolly, Keelan Cole trio that's been out there for most of the season together, let alone a trio that's been out there with Minshew together to really say, we know who the guy's going to be. Like we know one of them should hit, uh, but where are you going? If you're trying to pick one, are you a DD Conley? I'm assuming it's not, it's one of them and not Cole, but which one would you go to? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I mean, that's a question that we're going to have to ask for me, like in these situations, I guess would prefer the guy that I think has more upside that's cheaper. So Conley over DD for me right now, 3,600 on DraftKings. Like these are the type of guys that 
I would prefer to play. Um, so like Didi's probably fine, forty six hundred. Like he's probably safer play if you're looking at it from like a cash game perspective. Like he's got at least seven targets in three straight games, not a ton of yardage or anything like that. Um, Conley is more of the air yards guy, right? So I think that he's probably the one that benefits a little bit more from Chark being out. Uh, so Conley at the cheaper price, more upside. I think that pretty clearly. Yeah, I think I was. That's exactly what I was going to say too. I mean, Conley seems like the bigger the deep threat guy, the air yards guy, the tournament guy. And then I think Didi's just slightly safer um, because, you know, you alluded to the targets, but he's at least, you know, catching balls. There's been some, some disappointing games from Conley over the past few, few contests, like three or four grabs here and there, but Didi seems a little bit safer at this point. And I think you should, everyone should probably get involved in this game. I mean, it's the highest total on the board, 49 and a half. I mean, the other one, Dallas and LA is 49. So I think that, both both of these contests probably be you know high pace, lots of scoring, and especially on this Jacksonville and Oakland side. I mean, these two defenses are just awful. <laughs> they are. <laughs> they <Affordable>. certainly are. <laughs> so we're uh, I just been playing the same guys face. in cash, and I've had success. So I'm just going to keep throwing about Robert Woods and Julian Edelman. Like Robert Woods has 47 targets and 33 catches, almost 500 yards in his last four games. Like. Are you kidding me? Like, he just gets all of the volume. Brandon Cooks is not an option at all for Jared Goff in this offense. And then Edelman, the same thing. I mean, it's been eight straight games where he's had at least double-digit fantasy points. He's had 10 targets in every one of those games. I know he's not this sexy GPP, going to get you 30 to 45 points. He's not that guy, but it just... With with New England, and there's so many question marks with this offense, the one constant is Julian Edelman. So I know people are probably annoyed to, for, for me to come on here and mention Edelman again, but he's failed to he's 78 yards, like in every single game at least. So yeah, I'm annoyed. plug him in. Move on. You're, you say you're sick of it? <laughs> Robert. Uh, no, no, I was joking about it. Yeah, just kind of the, the annoyed factor. I'm kind of curious. So you haven't, neither of you have mentioned yet. Uh, Joe, you go back to you. Mostly on Fandled, but their prices, I'm still surprised their prices on both sides, but go ahead, Joe. Yeah, I mean, I, I more or less was like uh, 36 targets for Robert Woods in the last three weeks. Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> Seems okay. Uh, I, I think, Seems decent. Yeah, I mentioned how much I like that game. I'm trying to figure out ways to to back into it a little bit. Like, yeah, Robert Woods finally scores. Like, that's where all that kind of touchdown progression we've been projecting for him for I mean the entire season based on the volume it was like at a historic pace for someone that hasn't scored so yeah maybe we even have more coming I think that Robert Woods is is a great play still uh, on DraftKings uh, on FanDuel as well I think both I mean that's that's a game that I'm trying to figure out the best way to get access to and Gurley scares me a little bit more than I think he he scares you guys it sounds like so yeah I'm I'm in on that Um, what do you guys think about DeAndre Hopkins if Will Fuller's out again is he still someone that's in play he's really expensive on FanDuel 8600 on FanDuel. He was kind of the late week chalk um, last week. So are you guys going there? He's AK on DraftKings. I think that like it's a week where I think we're going to have some salary to spend up a little bit for at least one of these guys. I, I do like him. Uh, I like him even if Will Fuller is out there. And you know yeah. my feelings about Will Fuller, which probably just means if Will Fuller is out there, he's going to score four touchdowns. But like I, I think that Hopkins just, even at that price, I think that's why the price makes him attractive, but it makes him attractive for tournaments for me because the cash, it feels safe, but I don't feel like you need to go there in cash. But the the ownership, to your point, we I mean, were looking at the last couple of games, 20 points, almost 14, 20-something points in those last three games. The, I mean, when was the last? I'm looking right now. The dude has at least seven targets in every single game. And that's actually as low because every other game outside of that game against the chargers way back in September, he has eight or more in double digits in one, two, three, four, five, six oh, games, yeah. double digit targets. 
willful or not, I love them, but uh, more so for tournaments, just because I don't feel like you have to, to your point, there's a lot of these options like woods, like, these names that you still haven't brought up yet. I'm seeing if one of you can get, you have three shots here. He's you're swinging and missing guys like Chris, like or where are you on Hopkins and throw out another name and see if you can get uh, one Hopkins. of these three. I love him. I think, you know, with Michael Thomas off the slate, Mike Evans, not around Darius Slay going to be on Chris Godwin. I love Hopkins. I think I, I agree with you, Jake. I don't think he's a must. I don't think you have to get up there in cash because there's so much value on the board this week, but I'm going to have a lot of exposure to, to Hopkins. You mentioned the targets. How about five catches in every single game? And he's just trending up lately, at least 80 yards in five of his past seven games. Finally starting to get some touchdowns. Mentioned the high total here in, in this matchup. So I think he's clearly the best wide receiver on this slate. And yeah, I have, I'm all, I'm all, I'm all in. Uh, the, as for the other guy. Um, all right. Um, Throw in a name. Kenny Galladay. Oh, I do in cash, but. No, I'll do. I do like Kenny Galladay. All right, so two of them are in this. Actually, all three of them on DraftKings are in. Let me actually hold. Let me double check. Yeah, all three of them are in the six thousand range. They're all in the low seven or upper six thousand on FanDuel. I'll just give you all three: Jarvis Landry, DJ Moore, Keenan Allen. I feel like all three of them are mispriced. Yeah, I, I go ahead. I don't know, Keenan Allen. I mean, that's that's the one that like I, I guess is eyebrow raising for me. I, I just I've kind of been xing him out a little bit. Those games, who Keenan uh, Allen? Yeah, just in general. I guess I, I don't. I know. just didn't. I didn't hear who you said. That's the one. That's yeah, what Keenan I, I Allen. Sorry, check. Um, his I, price I, dropped I, on DraftKings. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, like it, on on a week where we have so much salary, I think I would prefer just to go up a tier. And that I mean, that's that's really the thing that kind of stood out to me in in that group. But what did you have for for this part of it, Chris? I know you had some. No, I, yeah, I right agree with the you. two of the three, and I was right there with you at Keenan Allen. I mean, I think Keenan Allen's fine in tournaments, and yeah, his price did drop. But DJ Moore, again, DJ Moore is somebody we've talked about a lot, and he, what he had his worst game in probably six weeks, and he still finished with eighty-one yards and double-digit fantasy points. So. Uh, I definitely don't mind him. He's in the DFS pass and Landry as well. I mean, Landry's uh, much like Edelman and DJ Moore. These are the same guys I think we've we've talked about a lot all year and just cash game guys that are just completely safe. They're going to get double digit targets. You wonder where the upside really is, um, you know, with DJ Moore and Carolina just looking so brutal lately. But um, I, I like them both, Jake. Yeah, Keenan Allen a little hesitant in cash, but I think the volume is still going to be there for yeah, just that's the one you're cash, hesitant yeah, on. Of the, of the three, three? definitely. Are, are all three of those. I can't imagine Keenan Allen has a high projected ownership. Does he? No, no. That's what, that's what I'm about. shocked at it too. People realize that the most the, the Vikings secondary has been one of the worst secondaries in all of football yeah. this year. They do know yeah. that, right? I, I, I think it's just Philip Rivers. Is it? It's, it's is Phillip it perception? Rivers. That's what it is. And Philip Rivers has all of a sudden been bawling out if people haven't been paying attention to that as well. So I, I think that's the question I want to ask you, and both of you guys. I think this is, uh, I'm going to present it not necessarily in a question, but I think this is where the opportunity, we talked about it early in the year because it was stuff carried over from 2018. But at this point of the season, I think it's also similar to what we were bringing up earlier this year was about Matthew Stafford. And nobody wanted Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford was playing great, playing great, playing great. People still didn't want to roster him. And we're talking seasonal too, Joe. So, but at this point, I think the perception about the Vikings is still, it's a good defense and it's not. And I think that it's one of the opportunities for you to take advantage, especially in DFS is perception versus truth. It's fair. I still think that like, if we're just looking at the game environment, this game, it looks pretty terrible. And I mean, you say what you want about the Minnesota defense. Like they're still the sixth best team at defending the short area of the field, which is kind of where Keenan Allen is going to be operating. So I mean, 6,300, I, for me to consider him in this just, I mean, spot where I don't expect there to be a, 
a ton of plays on either side, not a great team total. Um, yeah, I mean, at least he's at home. And like you said, Rivers has looked uh, quietly looked uh, a little bit better over the last couple of weeks. I could maybe get there in tournaments, but like with DJ Moore, I mean, he's basically the same price as DJ Moore. And I, I can't get him. It's going to be a Mike Williams game. He finally had a touchdown no, too Jer- last week. <laughs> he finally yeah. got back. I, I'm surprised. I thought Mike Williams would jump up because of that, but not yeah, so I think much. Maybe people, you're right to your point, Jake. Maybe people are still afraid of. I don't people like DraftKings. You people, you people. Maybe they're maybe they're afraid of the matchup. <laughs> but I mean, looking at at the Vikings overall, I mean, seventh most points allowed to to wide receivers, and there's been some some pretty big performances from some guys uh, over the past few weeks. All right. So, anybody else at wide receiver before we uh, move on? Here? There's a few that I that I have interest Joe's in. I don't know up. if you know if you guys agree in cash, but. Galladay, I mean, I, I brought up Galladay. Cash, but I like the matchup. No Marvin Jones. He, he's been, I mean, two touchdowns in two games with David Blau. But uh, Terry McLaurin is is interesting to me at at fifty three hundred dollars against the Eagles secondary. And then, I mean, I'll save the rest for because there's a lot of dart throws that we can go and turn, you know, for tournaments. So, yeah, no, AJ I mean, Brown. That's one, that's one for tournaments, I think. I, I, I mean, would you play him in cash? I mean, he's very boomer bust. Uh, the price is still just is. so depressed. It's very appealing. Good matchup. It's, te- too. it's still tempting. I mean, if you three three out of the last five games have been great, but you know, I said this on the throwback, Chris. If you believe in fake up and down plays like the Giants winning the World Series, it's been up, down, up, down, up, down. So actually, this ridiculous nonsensical trend means he should have a down game, Joe. <laughs> you think so? Like these, these are the guys that like historically kind of bury me a little bit. Like I thought AJ Brown was a fantastic pivot. Last week, if you had some struggling uh, teams from the the morning games, just because of like it's it's such a high efficiency spot, like the volume, like on paper, like doesn't look as great um, in terms of his like target market share and his air yard market share. Like, it, like I mean, that's that's still fine, but you got to kind of take into consideration how low volume this passing attack has been. Like, what what have you guys been doing with Ryan Tannehill? Because like these weeks where I'm just like a little bit scared to go there because he's throwing <laughs> the ball. 25 or so times i mean he just keeps burying me with his efficiency at this point and he's i mean he's having a like a little absolute bonker season right now so like i've played him a good amount but last couple of weeks i've been scared off and gotten buried so i'm um, that I, I don't know about you chris but that's i think that's why you say you keep crediting me with the Jameis winston thing i will say this i haven't been on Tannehill. i've written him up a couple times but chris i haven't had the the stones to like put him in because i feel like as soon as i do <laughs> It's going to be the week that he falls off. It's like it's almost like owning Frank Gore and fantasy over the past couple of years. Like this is going to be the season he falls off. It's like every week I feel like as soon as I buy into Tannehill, it's yeah, going to be the possible. week that he falls off. I mean, uh, and and you look at the price and you see the rankings across the board in the industry, and he's he's ranked, you know, as a top five quarterback. And you're having debates with people like should I play him over Russell Wilson in a semifinal matchup in season long league. So I, I I get the fear, but yeah, he's been in the DFS passes a tournament play only for for a few weeks now. I, you know, we mentioned it last week. He's second in completion rate, just behind Drew Brees. He's first in yards per attempt. The offenses look good. They're playing at a faster pace, no huddle offense. You know, Houston's given up some big plays. So there's a lot to like. And then on top of that, at least 37 yards on the ground in three of his past five games. That's a nice bonus. He's had a couple of rushing touchdowns, three over that span as well. So, I mean, right. I have no problem with it. And you can kind of just do it the same way as Jameis. And you, know, you kind of just, you mentioned it, Jake, right? I mean, naked Jameis has worked out. You could do Oh, naked. no, I would 100% you, but you could do naked Ryan Tannehill. That game against KC, there wasn't a wide receiver. When he had a really solid game against the Chiefs, uh, I forget, I'm just looking at the game log in terms of points. There wasn't a wide receiver on that team who had more than one catch. 
and and he ended up having no see but that that's is my the concern. concern but you know if he's spreading it around and henry is is moving the ball well what do you have on, are you looking on DraftKings? Uh, what at the game log yeah he had like 20 20 dk points in, in that game against Okay, because he had eighteen point nine on FanDuel. Yeah. That's what. So to what I was saying, and this is where where I was going with the whole AJ Brown thing is joking about the up and down of the games. So he's been right there with Ryan Tannehill, 25, 18, 32, 14, 28. That's AJ Brown up down up down the same games because he's going to AJ Brown. So where I'll agree with Joe, and I agree with you up until this week, Chris. I don't want him in tournaments because he's yeah, the highest projected the owned quarterback. And my problem. Right. And my problem is, so he has the 39 attempts against Carolina, 19, 18, 22, 27. Like if you told me he's guaranteed to throw the ball at least 30 times, you could probably get me on board. But to play him in tournament as the highest projected on quarterback for the efficiency level Joe was talking about for the attempts being yeah, so no, low, I, I just can't that. do it. One thing. There's one more thing, too, that I, I had to touch on just looking at this as you guys were talking like A.J. Brown. Like we talk about yards per route run a decent amount. And like, oh, what is this like 17? <laughs> it's insane. So like uh, just for like the people listening, like a very good yards per route run, like Julio Jones, 2.3. DeAndre Hopkins, 2.3. Uh, like Jarvis Landry, who's having a great season. He's 2.5. Uh, this is over the last four games. We have guys like Robert Woods at. 3.5 which is pretty crazy but then aj brown's all the way up at 4.8 yards per out run like just like lead like destroying everyone over the last four games in that category so yeah the volume hasn't been great but he's hitting basically every efficiency metric and just like literally breaking my entire <laughs> what's the ownership right on him jay crazy. what a aj brown on who uh, I'll tell you one second. I was I moved over to quarterbacks because we had yeah, that perfect segue mind. into quarterback, and now you're making me. Yeah, and now you're sorry. making me backtrack. I, I would imagine it's pretty high. All right, let's see. It is. It's inside the top ten. He's three eighth. Mm. He's eighth. So there you go. Um. So to your point for the hold on, I, I wanted to. I you made me think of something, Joe, when you said that for the yards per route run last week. There it is. Last week, six point one. And the only reason I'm changing I, my lineup right now, I was pulling. Talking. Well, I was pulling that up because Darius Slayton had 5.3. And I was just thinking about the air because one of the other things that Chris knows that we brought up on the podcast as well as I was saying, you know, this I talked about it last week. I was a little bit concerned with Eli Manning, a quarterback, because the deep ball went away. Like that, he, never, he never really had a great deep ball to begin with. But if you talk about the eight targets versus the seven targets, the chasm, and I'm talking chasm that was between here. I'll just tell you last week for specifically. So the yards per route run. For Darius Slayton was five point three. Do you guys want to guess what it was for Shepard? You're not far Fair. off. Point nine. <laughs> but in any case, that's what that's why you made me think to go look it up. So last week, by the way, is uh, Zacchaeus was number one at eight point four five. One reception for ninety three yards will help that. Uh, Treadwell two catches seven yards. But then AJ Brown is number one essentially for anybody that had any significant usage at six point one. Darius Slayton five point three. And I'm only mentioning this out because. Number three, and we haven't talked about this team, this game. I know we're going to talk about the running backs in tournament, hint, hint, because I feel like that's where we're going to go with this. But Emmanuel Sanders, 4.24 last week. Monster game. Monster game. Sorry, I I was so distracted by the lineup. You guys might as well not build a lineup this week. I I literally just built the nuts on FanDuel. Okay, we'll just send it to us. I'll read mine and we'll call it a show. Okay, that that sounds good to me. So what about Emmanuel Sanders? By the way, Keenan Allen right behind him at 3.9. Boy. Just so you know, Keenan, Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen. It's going to be a Corey. Keenan Allen. Corey Davis. <laughs> I think San- S- Sanders is tough just because of the volume of that offense to the passing game, right? Like, I, I maybe I haven't considered 
like those guys enough this year, but he's like way down on my board right now. Like, uh, no, I, I don't, um, you know, really just, I mean, that was his first big game in, in a long time. I know he's been, he's been dinged up, but that game script I think was just perfect for him and for Debo and for everyone in that San Fran offense. I just don't feel like that game's going to, this, this week is going to play out like that. I, I don't expect Atlanta to do a whole lot and this could be a game where they just use all the running backs. So I, I'm I'm kind of off of Sanders and Cash, but I I get it. I guess tournaments. You <laughs> <laughs> guess. Well, I, I get I it. Mean, I guess. He, Whatever. When he's been healthy, sure. there has been a couple <laughs> solid games. I think his second game with with the 49ers, he's he definitely seems like potentially Jimmy Garoppolo's favorite target, even with Kittle, um, even with Kittle there. But yeah, I, I just can't get there in Cash. All right, well, then how about one more for you guys before we go back to quarterback, since we're kind of bouncing around the quarterback, but to come back to it. Joe, if no Sherman, which it sounds like, but also no Kawan Williams, any Julio? I mean, he should essentially see the ball 7,000 times this week. Yeah, I don't care about the Sherman thing at all, but I think Julio is a fine play. Um, as maybe like a one-off, I don't think I'm I'm ready to play him with Matt Ryan or anything like that. Um I mean, it's a lot of red across the board, but how many times have we seen Julio? Like, these are the spots where Julio goes crazy, right? Because no one's on him, and, like, the target share should be there. I mean, all he's missing is a bum ankle to really have, like, that that 200-yard game that he has here and there every every other season, it feels like. So, yeah, at 7K, like, it's a price point that we probably should take some notice based on his ceiling and probably where his ownership's going to be in this spot. I don't know if I'll be there for it, um, but if you're playing 20 max, if you're playing some of this larger field stuff, I think uh, he makes a decent kind of... Uh, Lower yeah, I'd agree with that too. He's as cheap sure. as he's ever been. He hasn't scored a touchdown in nine games. People are starting to complain about Julio again. So this would be the the time to, to roll him out <laughs> in a tournament when he's cheap and he's on nobody's radar. By the way, to your, to your point, Joe, this is going to be fun to see what our lineups are because I, I kind of love mine, although I may have to pivot at quarterback. Told you, man. Don't bother building it. It's well, over. because so let's talk quarterback. Let's get back to it. I have to pivot off of it. You guys, uh, Joe. We've said it like three times this show already. I love my naked Jameis. I love last week with Godwin. I initially had my first two were Winston, Godwin. Start the lineup and then go from there. But I mentioned it, and Chris, you're just like, oh, yes, that's the reaction I had. And I saw the video. It's the three quarterbacks dropping back. You see two footballs go across the field. And then the middle is Jameis Winston with a tennis ball going across the field. I got to tell you, we still have Friday to find out. But let me phrase it this way, because people are going to be listening to this Friday morning. Still going to have to wait on reports, and then reports are going to come out afterwards, obviously. So, Chris, what do you need to see from Jameis to feel good about him in cash? Because we know Jameis, who who cares about the turnovers? Jameis is fine in cash, in tournaments, and everything because he's terrific in fantasy. But with this kind of injury, if he's having trouble gripping the football, what do you have to see on Friday for you to say, okay, throw I feel football? Better. I need to see him throw football. Yeah, that's it. Like that's not it. That's just easy as just throw the football, whatever he's throwing. I know it's probably a little easier to avoid interceptions throwing tennis balls in practice, but I need to see him throw a football. Like he needs to throw a football. But yeah, to your point, with all the picks, I mean, he's second in yards. He's second in touchdowns. Will you pull off of Chris Godwin if 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 it's Ryan Griffin? Um, yeah, probably. I, I'm I'm not super interested in Godwin. I'm kind of interested in other options um, on that offense. Yeah, <laughs> is this your Juju Smith-Schuster hey. yeah, concern? Yeah, honestly, a little concern there with Darius Slay. He shadowed before in the slot. I think that's um, I think that's a possibility. So, I mean, do we talk about? I mean, I know we're on quarterbacks, but there's a couple other wideouts in Tampa that I that I like. But yeah, I'm a little hesitant with Jameis. It's 6-9 with, with that news that you're saying, Jake. So I don't know if 
I will go there and cash. But I mean, I've been playing like you, man. I've been playing Jameis all year in tournaments and I'll have at least one lineup with Jameis in tournaments as long as he's active. I think it's fair. Like, I, I guess uh, maybe it's as, as simple as what you just said. If he can throw football, maybe, like, does he make a good fantasy play at that point? Like, I guess bring it to the absolute stone basics there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Jameis <laughs> is great. I, I'm kind of with Chris that um, when there's so much uncertainty there, I I think that the the cheaper options make more sense to me. But if people just decide to not play Godwin, maybe that makes some sense. I, we'll, we'll kind of talk about OJ Howard, I'm sure, at some point as well with Evans out. Maybe he sees a spike in volume. You never know. Um, but the Winston thing, I, I mean, I, I'm not really there. He's 8,200 on FanDuel, 6,900 on DraftKings. I don't know. I, I think there's better spots this week, but um, you'll get an ownership discount just because people are, people are, I guess, scared that he can't throw a football. Is, is that is that a bad thing? He can't throw a football? So maybe. I don't know. Not for me, though. <laughs> what if it I improves his accuracy? Oh, this is not going to happen because this is decision making. It's not even his accuracy. He just doesn't decide to throw it well. So, all right. If you, by the way, to your point, Jameis Winston is one, two, three, seven, eight. There you go. Down by Jared Goff against Dallas. So, if we're not doing Tannehill because, of, well, I mean, we know Tannehill in cash and tournaments a different story. So, where are you looking in cash if you're not looking there, Joe? Are you going Watson Hopkins stack? Is that where you're looking? I mean, I like that stack quite a bit, but if we're just looking to pay down a little bit more, I, I need to work through this with, with you guys, I think. So Kyler Murray is 5,600 against Cleveland. My, I have some we- some concerns with Arizona that I haven't had the entire season. Like They've been kind of uh, slowing down their pace a little bit. So last week, 29.6 snaps per second. That was the 23rd best in the entire league last week. And I mean, they were behind the entire game against Pittsburgh. You would have thought that that was a spot maybe where they would have tried to kind of pick up the pace a little bit. So they haven't been really going no no huddle near as much lately as well. So like we think of Arizona as like this team that like there should be a ton of plays, but I actually don't have this game projected for near as much as I expected to. Like I love Kyler Murray. He's 5,600. He's super cheap. It's against Cleveland. He's going to have a decent rushing floor for us. And like the short area of the field in theory is kind of where you attack Cleveland anyway. So like I like Kyler a lot. Do you guys have any pace concerns in this game? So, I have actually just slightly collar concerns. That's just at this point of the season, uh, like okay. whether or not, you know, in seasonal, it's, it's seasonal. I'm not worried too much about seasonal, but you're looking at what was the last game? Yeah, I just pulled it up. Two rushing yards. Yeah, sure. It was Pittsburgh, but, you know, 28, he found the end zone against the Rams, but I just don't know that he's still 100%. And if the 100% is in his legs, that's the biggest concern I have about it at Murray at this point. Yeah, I have some concerns too. Um, you know, mentioned it last week as well. I just, he really has to, he, he really has to get you for 30 to 40 yards, I think, to, to kind of return value, even at $5,600. I mean, he hasn't, I know he, he is so, so cheap. cheap. I, I think in <laughs> tournaments, I think it's fine. Um, maybe you want to do a, a Murray and Christian Kirk, who they've both been pretty quiet over the past few weeks. I mean, you look at Kyler in the game log and you see fewer than 200 passing yards in three straight contests. So I think that will shy people away a little bit. But I, I think if I'm looking for somebody cheap in around that range, and again, maybe this is just a tournament play only, but and I don't know Chark, but Minshew, again, $5,500. I know he was awful last week too, but... I just like that matchup a little bit more. I think there'll be more points scored. I'm just completely out on this Arizona offense. Maybe it has something to do with just how they've changed the pace of play, Joe. Hey, you almost Murray. you almost said something that terrified me. Like, because you're looking around, kind of the industry and projections early early week projections. Like, is Eli Manning a thing at 5200? <laughs> I still prefer Kyler strongly, but no, I don't know, 6800 on Fanduel. He's a thing. 
No, I think because he's the thing, I, dude. No, like, that's why I, I want to no, ask you guys. No. No. So you prefer Kyler over Eli? Uh, at least, at least I found. No, one I'll guy tell you, you who. I, if I'm going down that low, I don't care about last week's game. I'm going to Gardner Minshew. Screw the Eli nonsense. Because you know what happened with Eli? Yeah, oh, the first half of that game, everybody's like, "Oh my God, Eli's great!" Oh my, look, oh my, look how good. What happened in the second half of that game, Chris? You watched it. He went back to being sucky, crappy <laughs> Eli. He did nothing in the second half, and it was the crappy Eagles who basically let Slayton just go downfield like oh god maybe we should cover somebody they got lost in their own mess grant we've talked about this before chris jalen mills and ronald darby have helped this defense it's still exploitable they still have miscommunication issues they still have talent issues and eli manny looked like garbage in the second half of that game playing against miami though i I don't care i would actually tell you miami might be a tougher matchup at this point i mean i'm not playing eli manning like what do you so like i'll this is what i was kind of piecing together in my head he's 5200 on DraftKings. what's his ownership in the live final Against Miami, fifty two hundred uh, with uh, Saquon is going to be chalk. Gardner Minshew. I mean, I, I mostly agree with you. I just think <laughs> I think Eli. I'd be shocked Chris, if Eli. Is, I think he's going to be like eight well, percent in the live final. No, he's the he's Maybe the 10. sixth highest projected on quarterback. Who is? Eli. Yes. Oh, I thought you were arguing that he was a thing. He's uh, definitely a thing. That's what I'm saying. He's a thing, and that's part of the, that's another reason why I'm not, so he's sixth. He's got five percent ownership. It's yeah. quarterback. We you always talk about that, Joe. How flat it is. Right behind him are Winston right. Goff, Troops. Troops. I don't know why I just called him Troops. <laughs> uh, yes, Troops. Nice. Let's go. Best game of his career. I love that nickname for him, Troops. Troops. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray round out like the top twelve ish, and then Philip Rivers. By the way. If I didn't have like the best FanDuel lineup of the entire season right now, I'd be. Oh I'd be man! Playing Hopefully, troops. you have Eli in there. <laughs> I I think I think the he's troops. a thing too. Uh, we had this debate on the throwback with um, with Jake, and and I think Brad Ziegler liked him a little bit more. But yeah, the second half was pitiful. It was absolutely disgusting. I I don't know offhand how many yards he got, but I don't think it was more than like twenty five in the second half. But it is Miami. And it's at home, um, if that matters. Uh, I guess it'd probably actually be a little bit better. Well, Daniel Jones is practicing today. Yeah, Daniel Jones is practicing. But I, I from my reports that I saw, I, I think it would. They, I thought that Trimmer said it would be a shock if he played, but who knows? Keep an eye on it. But I mean, Slayton to Manning. Ooh. Or Manning we do have breaking news, oh, by the way. It. Speaking of practicing, so Devontae Parker in the concussion protocol sounds doubtful. Here's the one. Guess who returned to practice today? Um, I, don't know. Mm, I see Smith quizzical start. faces on you guys. T.Y. Hilton. T-Y. Nice. No. I'm a main slate, right? Monday Night Football. No, I'm just throwing that out there for, well, like, we want to, you know, just throw it out yeah. there for other people playing those. Would you, uh, here's here's the only question I have for you, Joe. T.Y. Hilton, if he plays in the captain spot. God. <laughs> I don't think that so. response was gold. But I mean, look at that game. I mean, it's Darius Slayton, or actually, I forget who said it. Kudos to I, oh, who was it? I got to try and remember. But he said Darius Slayton breaker. Uh-huh, and I thought nice. that was actually pretty good last week. I like Slayton. T.Y. Hilton could break the I like slate. Slayton. And I, I think Slayton to Eli is, is, an, is an interesting combo. But I mean, top oh, five God. ownership on Eli Manning. That's a big yikes. That's a big red flag for me. I don't want to play yeah. chalky Eli. That is that is a big yikes. All right, so anybody else at quarterback before we get tight ends, defenses, and tournaments? Because we like a little time yeah. crunch here. <laughs> what, what are you guys doing at the top end at quarterback? Thing Deshaun Watson. We, we basically Same. just talked Same. about. I'm going the other side. Deshaun if everyone's going to be all over okay. Tannehill, I'm going the other side with Watson. I think Watson and yeah, Bingo, well, and that's even more reason why. Yeah, he's I'm starting with to just Chris. be. He's starting to I like it. Like, him and Watson seem to be 
or him and uh, Hopkins rather just seem to be really just dialed in over the past couple weeks. So I like both of them. I can't believe that Garoppolo is the highest on FanDuel. Oh, I know. That's just so funny to. That's just not the ownership, Joe. The price. Uh, just in case, I wasn't oh, I sure which your complete... face was for. I wasn't sure if your face was for the ownership or the, for the price. But either way, here's the thing. Look, let's okay. Let's jump into tournaments. We'll come back for tight because tight ends and defenses. We always keep saying every single week. We usually talk about the same guys. So let's jump into tournaments because I want to talk about this game. Talk about running backs. Chris is already. We've talked about this at length. So I'll let you go first, Joe. Uh, not on the show, but. This is the Raheem Mostert. Oh my God, Shanahan at the worst time in the world could just screw us all over in seasonal. This is DFS though. The Mostert play, the price, the usage, the opportunity in this game, it's all there, but it's still Shanahan. What are you doing? Are, are you touching Mostert? No, I have zero interest whatsoever. Do you have zero interest in this entire offense? No, I would just play Patrick Laird for 700 cheaper. 100 times out of 100. What about no wide receivers, like, no what, what, George Kittle, tell, no nothing? Walk me, walk me through the monster play. Like, I guess I, I haven't projected for two catches right now. <laughs> like seven. And I touches. think that would be... I don't know. These are the guys I don't play. So you talk me through it. Why is he yeah, I, I, Go ahead. Because, let's see. I know, I'll tell you, because 21 touches two weeks ago in Baltimore for 22 points. And then, yes, only 13 touches last week, but also 24 points. It's just, it's the fact that what is the appeal for... And I... And maybe this is a better for question for you, Chris, is because, Joe, you generally fade these people in general. You, you never wanted Tevin Coleman. You don't want Derrick Henry because of the game. You, you want the guys with the 20 touches, 20 touches, 20 touches. I know that. And, it, you know, it's just volatility. I don't think we have right. to chase at this. Point. He's 7,500 oh, on he's FanDuel. He's not in play on FanDuel. FanDuel. I agree. And, and I feel like 17 see, touches if, is, is I know he had what, what you just said, at least 20 against Baltimore a couple weeks ago. 20, 21 yeah. two weeks ago. Um, so what I'm saying, Chris, is he if you're going to, his two projected ownership like is somewhat high. It's 12th, but it's not top five. It's not top 10. I'm just saying, if you get one of those two games as the 12th highest owned running back, which he, basically, if he just does what he's done for the past two weeks, you're going to have somebody you need to have in your lineup. If, if anyone plans on playing Mossert this week, please send me a head to head for any amount. I would love yeah. I, and I <laughs> wait on FanDuel or both sites. It, either i mean he's only 56 or wait 52 on DraftKings. still send me a head-to-head for any amount (laughs) on DraftKings or fandle my 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 username is changs v's huskies on both i will don't don't play most art in uh in head-to-heads or cash um yeah i and when you said 17 projections i feel like that's that's kind of high yeah even yeah it might even be, yeah. So maybe I'm yeah, high on so this projection. I, I don't I still even don't know. Like even with that game against Baltimore, Jake, I mean, that was a sloppy game. It was rainy, and he that was kind of his coming out party. He looked really good, and that was when Tevin Coleman kind of disappeared. But, I mean, I do feel like this will be all the running backs. I just think Tevin Coleman may get involved, too, if this game does get out of hand. Maybe they, they scale back most certain breeders slightly, and Coleman has a few catches against his former squad. But I think that... I do feel like it will be a running back game. I, I feel like Jimmy Garoppolo, in, in, in terms of his price on FanDuel, is an absolute fade. So if I had to choose somebody in this offense, it may be him. But I mean, th- I think 17 touch is pretty high. And the one catch that he had was a trick play. It's a pass from Sanders. You can't bank on that every week. <laughs> like we, we would prefer Gurley for 800 more, right? On DraftKings, just so we're clear. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
No, just I like that is such a like a that was almost like a subtweet of a question. Just like just so we're clear, correct? You stupid idiots! Well, I, I don't like, know. Just, I, I'm so I'm so confused right now. I think my favorite part of last week's show because I had to go back and edit it because there was multiple things that we had to edit out of last week's show. Uh, spoiler: uh, I had to go back and I heard Chris be like, "Oh God, I'm just so confused." I, I literally died laughing like in my office by myself. I'm not kidding. I might have to like put that on Twitter just so people just can hear one open more the time. show with that. All right, so let's talk. We, we cover the the 49ers and that's what I really wanted to get to because people have that question covering that team in general nice matchup so you got our advice on that so tournament wise where are you looking Joe I run it back anybody different than what we already uh, talked about yeah no I think I, I mean I think Fournette like just because the price point is like the same exact thing as Chris Carson like I, I prefer Chris Carson um, but I mean the volume I mean the only thing that you can kind of poke holes in is just how bad Jacksonville is this, this game environment's not great overall but I think Fournette's okay in tournaments um, in comparison to to Carson, what do you guys think about? I, I want to get your guys' take on Zeke because I, I love this. I mean, I love this game, this Dallas and Rams game. Uh, I think I've said that five hundred times today. Um, is Zeke just out of play at this point? Zeke like, I know the Rams are very strong against the run, but like from a tournament perspective, these are things that we would look at, or at least what I would look at for a tournament. Right In now. my lineup, twenty-two points last week. The volume, the volume, the volume, and a good opportunity here is just like eighteen, fourteen, seventeen, twenty-two. He's got the floor with the ceiling. I know that generally in four, you're talking cash, but I, he's in my lineup. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have some exposure to him, too. He's looked great. I don't see people complain about Zeke this year, but, I mean, he's hit the 20-point mark in three of his last four games. I mean, he's been fine. I yeah. Mean, he had two games ago, he had 10 You know targets. who he is, Chris? Uh, you know who he is? No. He's Michael Thomas from two years ago in fantasy. You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe Michael Thomas isn't, like, putting up 30 points a game. Oh, he's just putting up 16-plus every single week. Oh, it's so awful that he's not Christian McCaffrey. I'm sorry. Settle down. I mean, Zeke's fine. The, the one thing that it's, it's he hasn't had as much volume this year as in years past. I mean, last year he had so much volume, but I don't know, Dak's spreading around a little bit, but I like Zeke. I have no problem with him. 10 targets two weeks ago. Any other running backs you're looking at? Dalvin Cook? I mean, Dalvin Cook's ownership has plummeted as his production over the past couple of weeks because the touches haven't been there. Yeah, we talked about this before we went live. I think I'm... Um... I don't know. Maybe I'll just let other people win money with Dalvin Cook. So this is the week to play him because I'm probably not going to have him. Uh, I think that I've, for whatever reason, every time I play Dalvin Cook, it's like five different guys in that backfield. We've got CJ Ham touches. we got Amir Abdullah touches. we got Irv Smith dump-offs. It's just like so frustrating at that price point. I think he's kind of priced out for me. Um, I prefer all these guys in the 7K range that we've mentioned. Um, yeah, I'm not really yeah, on Dalvin. Yeah, I would agree Dalvin. with you, you too. I'm not really on Dalvin either. I have a fear, too. Like, if this game does potentially get out of hand if we do see the old rivers where he just really struggles i mean they're looking ahead to green bay next week maybe you'll see a whole lot of madison or anybody else in that backfield so a little hesitant despite the fact that he has had a rushing touchdown in four straight games but he hasn't been as efficient on the ground and i don't know how fully he is he's healthy so kind of avoid him I can confirm you need Absolutely. more than just a rushing touchdown for Dalvin at that price point. I can confirm person with personal Absolutely. experience. There's a backfield we haven't talked about at all, and that's you know in Cleveland, Arizona. It's just been such a smash spot for a lot of these teams. I don't know Chubb and and Hunt keep keep showing up, but uh, I don't know how you guys feel about either of those guys. I mean, even with with Chubb hanging around in the backfield, I mean, or with Hunt hanging around in the backfield, Chubb still had at least 16 touches in every game, 92 yards in the ground, and four of his past five five catches. Over the last three games, I know his usage in the backfield hasn't been um, – it wasn't like it was in the first few weeks when Hunt wasn't active. So I don't know how you feel. It's just a complete fade because it is a good spot. 
No, uh, Joe, for everybody out there watching video, you'll see it happen. But I got Barkley was chewing on wood. So talk about this. And then the other name I was going to bring up before we get to wide receiver is uh, talk about Aaron Jones, too. I'll be right back. Okay. <laughs> um, I would assume the people that want to play Raheem Oster, they're also the people that want to play Nick Chubb. Um, so again, like send me those head to heads. I'll be more than happy to play you. I, I don't know. I think Chubb. He's a little bit too expensive still. Like I, it's it's the same thing for for that. I, I just think it now that Hunt is there, he's taking away enough to where I think he's just too expensive. And for Zeke, a hundred dollars. In terms of Aaron Jones, two, Joe is like, yeah, yeah, that's true. It's very true, and it is Arizona too. So I mean, I think maybe I don't know. It's it's really interesting the the way that the pricing has gone with those guys. I thought that Chubb would be cheaper at this point of the season, but he's really not. Um, I think that the the thing with Aaron Jones, it, this is like the guy that I really struggle with because I love it. Like I like I said earlier in the show, I'm not a talent evaluator, but I do like Aaron Jones like as a talent. If he was like a bell cow back, he'd be like right in in line with all these other guys, or maybe even better than some of these other guys we've we've talked about. So I, I think from that perspective, yeah, like maybe you can get on board with Aaron Jones in tournaments just because I think he's he's always tournament only, right? Based on like the volume that he's seeing. Um, so I think it's it's a decent spot for him. Um, the other guy that I, I wanted your take on, Chris, what, what do you think about um, Miles Sanders? He's 5,900. So, like, if I was trying to find a pivot for someone, like, if we're trying to find a pivot off of Patrick Laird for a little bit more expensive, is he at least in play for you? Or what do Yeah, you think I think Sanders, Sanders? I, think he, I think he should be in play. You know, Boston Scott came in there and had a couple goal line touches and actually was kind of the spark plug of that offense in the second half. But, you know, it was mostly because Sanders, you know, he left. I, I think he was getting evaluated for concussion, so he was in the tent for a little bit, and that's kind of where yep. Scott took off. But even still, like, Sanders has, he, you know, the opportunities have been there with Jordan Howard, you know, not around. It doesn't look like Howard is going to be playing this week either so I mean three straight games at least five targets that's encouraging nine catches over the last two weeks he has had a lot of red zone targets most of those targets that he's had have been in the red zone over the past couple of weeks so yeah I like the spot there's just really nobody this Eagles offense is Nelson Aguilar doesn't look like he's going to play we know Alshon's not hanging around uh, Josh McCowan was ready to play wide receiver last week so they need some guys who can catch some balls and Sanders is one of them no, yes. I think I thought it was dehydration and cramps yeah. for Sanders. Actually, you're right. It was. was. It? it was. Yeah. 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 Uh, but nice, by nice the way, I, yeah, Aaron Jones, that's, you know, that that's my big complaint about him forever. If you just guarantee, if you just would, oh God, Packers, just give him a workhorse role and we all love some Aaron Jones. All right. Two things. One is I forgot to do this since we were talking tournaments. You down with GPP? Uh, you have been for a few minutes and we're continuing that. So let's talk some wide receivers that we maybe haven't brought up yet that you're looking at tournament wise. Tyreek Hill, anybody? What do you, what do you guys think about Tyreek? I think he's interesting because I'm sure we'll talk about Mahomes when it comes to, to tournaments as well. Like it seems well, we like can couple them together. Yeah, we could. It just, it seems like, and maybe this is just something that I'm making up in my head, but like Tyreek's big games, it seems like it's uh it's spread out a little more on like some of the the other weapons because like we have we have Watkins for ex- extremely cheap and like all these different like KC is one of the hardest I feel like offenses to figure out and obviously Mahomes isn't having near the year he had last year um, but like you never get a price discount on Tyreek so it scares me a little bit um, I don't know he seems like a guy that just like seems drastically overpriced but um, I think that there'll be not much ownership there so um, his, I could be on ownership is tough. The lowest I've ever really, seen his ownership yeah. before. Is that it? Means okay, we're talking good. behind. We're talking behind Marvin Jones, who people apparently oh, still boy. haven't realized is out for okay. the season. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I would suggest playing Tyreek Hill over Marvin Jones 100. 
you know, it's interesting to, <laughs> to, to hear that ownership and you see the price and you see the fact that Mahomes only has three passing touchdowns in his last three games. I mean, that's, that's pretty strange. And it's not, and it's not Crazy. like he's, I mean, sure. New England going into new England is, is a tough environment, but he played Oakland the week before that. And he only had 175 yards passing played the chargers the week before that. He only had 182 yards passing. And then you get that big game. Boom. Titans 446 and three scores. So maybe it's coming. <laughs> Quote unquote, Jake, he's due. Uh, but I mean, that's, that's oh, the time God. to get in on these guys, right. In tournaments, <laughs> I think it, it, I think it makes some sense, but to be honest, yeah, I mean, Hill wasn't on my radar. I think I maybe like him a little bit more to talk myself into it. And that, well, the projected ownership, since we're talking about it, we talk quarterbacks with wide receivers, cause it only makes sense to is Patrick Mahomes is outside the top 25 oh. behind Kirk 25. cousins and Matt Ryan and drew lock 24 even. other quarterbacks that I would want to play. Uh, you could if you really tried, but his projected ownership right now is 1% wow. equal All to right, Kyle so Allen. We probably should have some exposure to, to KC. It's <laughs> probably, I mean, it's playing tournaments. Is, when, when have you ever seen the ability to get Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill at sub 25 at each of their positions? 1%, one, basically 1% and 2%. I mean, that's. If it hits, you're you're rolling in the dough. What what are we bringing it back with? Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant. Noah Fant's banged <laughs> up, right? Noah Fant. And by the way, can I can I take my my Noah yes. Fant victory yes, lap for take, the season? Oh, oh, are are you allowed to after 14 weeks yeah. though? I think after did you watch this guy, <laughs> like he's finally getting uh, more opportunity. Like it's it's the end of the season for a, a rookie tight end that's really talented. I'm just shocked that he's possibly playing after getting carted off in that game. It's just this. What he pulled the Paul Pierce on us? Oh no, I was just hey, kidding. I'm fine. His, uh, his skill set. He's a beast. He's got that Only cue next to his name as well. That always helps. Uh, any other? So tournament wide receivers. I'll, I'll throw out a couple that we haven't named. We haven't named Diggs or Thielen. We haven't named who else? We didn't name Cooper Cup despite liking that game, and then. He's supposedly a hundred percent again. Tyler Lockett with a Russell Wilson there, Joe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't That's really another one play. like the Patrick Mahomes, where nobody's yeah, got nobody's ownership on it. Lockett. It's fair. Like things have to go so perfectly, I feel like, for the Russell Wilson stack to go nuts, and like it'll happen. But I also think you'll go broke, broke chasing it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, maybe this is a spot where everyone is going to be on Carson. Maybe it makes sense to throw some some uh some wilson stacks out there i'd be in on that i think the Diggs one is interesting actually and i don't, I don't play Diggs very often but in tournaments he seems like someone that could be kind of a nice uh buy low opportunity he's uh really interesting yeah actually. i like Diggs a little bit more with with Thielen looking like he's gonna play in the game um i'm kind of interested in these in these tampa guys like i mean justin <laughs> watson 3700 um rashad perriman 4500 no, so that's where I'm going because everybody's on Justin Watson and Perriman I mean, being on the field as much as better. he was. I think I mean, at that, least there's a track record with him. Right. Like if you told me pure talent versus talent to what Joe says before, like he doesn't watch that that much. I'm not saying, oh, look at me. I do. I'm just saying like if you're telling me, if you're asking me the talent question for something that I do on my side of things, um, this is why we defer to each other that have our skills in other areas. Like I definitely defer to Joe every single time when it comes to lineups and opportunities and rosters and you know certain i ask you you don't send me enough of these little secret contests that you find i need more of these sunday morning be like just send me a text and like he fight you're so good at finding those but in any case justin watson over bashard perriman as a talent 
But the use in the snaps, Chris, and the fact that I think everybody's jumping on this Justin Watson talent bandwagon and ignoring Brashard Perriman, I think that's the pivot. Yeah, play. I think so too. And you know, it's easier to do it on DK where Perriman's only forty five and Watson thirty seven. But on FanDuel, there's a pretty big gap. I mean, sixty four for Brashad Perriman is like, oof, it's kind of getting in that range where yeah, maybe yeah. you 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 pivot away from him. But Watson, I mean, or $4,500 on FanDuel, it actually doesn't get any cheaper than that. So I think, depending on what set you play, I have no problem rolling out Watson on FanDuel, but a little hesitant on DK. Yeah, my, I guess, the extensive, extensive film work that I do on wide receivers is basically <laughs> going to playerprofiler.com and typing in names. And uh, his comparable <laughs> is Jordan Matthews, uh, but 91st percentile spark athlete. So, um, yeah, I can get behind that, but I agree with you that like the opportunity definitely skews towards towards Perriman. It seems like he's going to be the lower owned guy in that category as well. So yeah, I'd be in on that. I guess a uh, shout out friend of the footballers, Matt Harmon. That's where I get all my wide receiver uh, <laughs> film takes from. So either player profiler or Matt Harmon. Definitely you met me that I you do the show with. I mean, you could, you could just. Are, are you a film guy? I'm a fifty fifty. You can't do one without the other. Okay, fair enough. I'm still going to skew towards Matt Harmon. I had 101 draft prospects in my like. You could just you could pull that up and then go look at that. I mean, what I'm a friend have, of the so show. You, what, you like Justin Watson then as a talent though? I'm being serious. I'm actually curious. Yeah, no, I do. It, like I said, if you tell me talent versus talent, but I'm going to also take the opportunity. This is why you got to do both. I'm going to take the opportunity, and knowing that Bashar Perriman was out there as much as he is and should be out there as much as he is again, and the fact that if Scotty Miller is back, I don't know that Justin Watson is on the field as a number two or a number three. He's going to be back and forth with him. That's that's all that's being said. But uh, what about last one before we get to the tight ends and defenses to wrap up the show? Amari Cooper banged up but we like this game but obviously the concerns are rams i mean there's a lot here but does that make him an intriguing tournament play or would you just go to michael gallup 6500 for him i guess like he's not really going to hit any of these things that we normally talk about a wide receiver just because he's been he's been banged up uh yeah i don't know i think that that's like tournament only large field only type of thing what's his ownership looking like right now because i I would assume that game's going to be nothing it should be popular. It's relative popular, but he's the he's behind Michael Gallup. Okay. Do you care at all I mean, about Jalen Ramsey? Price there for do you care about Ramsey at all? Yeah, I do. I, I still do. do. So I, I kind of like Gallup. I mean, he's a little bit cheaper. Uh, I want to throw out another scrub. I mean, why not? Um, for Miami, Isaiah Ford. <laughs> I mean, well, if Alan Hearns and Devontae Parker are both out, but here's my yeah. problem. You know what I go to, Chris. <laughs> Is he going to handle the attention? I mean, like Janoris Jenkins is not Janoris Jenkins anymore. And actually, he's banged up. He might even not play. And the secondary options for the Giants are not good. But if you're going to be asking Isaiah Ford to be the number one, I mean, I just, this might just be, don't even waste your time. <laughs> Fair. But this is the time of the year. Again, you just get completely nuts. There's so much value. Right. I, I have no problem taking a shot on a, on Isaiah Ford coming off a nine target, 92 yard game at $3,700 in a pretty good spot. So I mean, yeah, Greg Ward, I was an AAF player. So it's not, yeah, I, I, to your point, I, I would rather, I would like to see Parker or Hearns on the field um, for Ford. You guys are too sharp, man. So like I, I started looking into Isaiah Ford again, typing his name into uh, the Google machine. And his best comparable, Tyler Boyd, someone else who probably doesn't do very well on his own, needs like that alpha on the other side. So interesting with Isaiah Ford for sure. I guess one guy we haven't talked about that I still think is in play, like are are we completely avoiding OBJ because all this other stuff that's kind of circling 
around the OBJ narrative. He's 6,400 against Arizona. I mean, he's still top 10 in weighted yeah. opportunity. The short area of the field, it, I mean, they're the worst team in the, in the league. At the they are, but like, I haven't, that's I mean, why probably, I love Landry. I mean, bum, groin, any. Sure, but everyone's going to play Landry, so is OBJ. Well, that, that's why I brought up Landry earlier. His, his projected ownership still isn't high enough. He's not even inside the top 10. I'm going to just keep going Landry until it does. And my biggest issue is like Patrick Peterson, okay. still, he's going to be on OBJ. And OBJ at less than 100% versus Patrick Peterson. Bleh. Fair. Same for you, Chris. <sighs> OBJ, man. I want to I want to play him but I just he just doesn't look healthy watching him you could see after a couple of the routes that he runs he's I don't know if it's all show with OBJ I really don't know but he's like limping limping back to the huddle um now what is he going to see Patrick Peterson I mean I don't I don't know but I think again this is this is the time to do it if you're going to do it you see the groin you hear all the noise you see Landry if you look at the game log between Landry and Beckham it's been all Landry and um I mean, the matchup is even still with Peterson. It's it's not bad against Arizona. So if if now's the time, I mean, I think maybe maybe now is the time to just have at least one line. It's kind of like the Julio thing. You know, the upside is there. It just hasn't done anything over the past few weeks. So I mean, I don't I don't hate the call. All right, so let's move. I got five minutes. <laughs> That's uh, for everybody out there. We're time crunch here. Uh, tight ends and defenses. Let's hit tight ends first. And this is both tournament and regular. Let's just cover them all. Uh, where are you looking for yourself? Joe. Yeah, I mean, he might end up being uh, a little bit popular, but I think if we get some more value, that just going up to someone like Darren Waller is someone that I'd be interested in. Uh, second most routes um, at the position over the last four games, this Jacksonville matchup is is pretty strong. And I always think these guys are going to be higher owned than they end up being, just because in roster construction, it's a position where we are trying to pay down. So if we get someone else um, for uh, a cheap value play, like if Olsen doesn't play again and everyone just goes back to the the Ian Thomas train. I actually really like Darren Waller at 5,500, especially if like we end up playing some of these cheap Jacksonville wide receivers, you end up with like a little bit of a, a mini stack there that, that still makes some sense to me. Yeah. I like the Waller call. Um, obviously Ertz. I mean, obviously I don't think we're not breaking any news here. I and mean, again, there's just, I mean, he was running wide receiver routes last week. There's just not a lot of guys there and he's just, He's been pretty good over the past few weeks, right? And nine of, I mean, he's caught nine of the 13 balls. That was last week, but found the end zone a couple times, 11 targets in four of his past five games. So like Ertz and just looking a little bit cheaper. I mean, since we mentioned all the Tampa guys, I wonder OJ Howard. I don't know if we go there in cash. I knew you were going to bring up OJ Howard. I mean, why not? You brought him up uh, on Monday as well as just a guy that, I mean, Bruce Arians is probably, his hands are forced, right? To to play OJ Howard, whether he wants to or not. I mean, this guy just may get some targets. Which is crazy that, like, how crazy is the fact that compared to the beginning of the season where people, including myself, had him like fifth at tight end to point to the fact that his hand is forced when it comes to O.J. Howard. It's disgusting. It is. By the way, Zach Ertz and O.J. Howard are two and three in projected ownership. You haven't mentioned the one name. Tyler Higby is number one. That's the guy I was just going to bring up, like, in that same exact range. He's 3,900 on DraftKings. Like, since he's kind of taken over as that, like, main pass catcher um, outside of Robert Woods, I guess, he's played over 90% of the snaps. He's seen 19 targets. So I think that that's someone that we could go to when we kind of have seen Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks kind of take a step back, a significant step back. Like they've been running more of these these tight end sets with Big V. So I think that he's. I mean, with that that really high total, like again, a game where I think there's going to be a lot of plays. Like thirty nine hundred is a fantastic price for for Big Yeah, I have a free square for you guys. If Greg Olson doesn't come back, Ian Thomas, put him in. Yeah, done. Move on. Definitely. Yeah, he's very he, solid again. 
I, I think he returned to practice, but yeah, keep an eye on him. I, th- I agree. I think he did a walkthrough yesterday with Greg Olson. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's dealing with a concussion. Yeah. So I'll have to watch. Yeah, Greg Olson and obviously changes that. And Greg Olson hasn't even been that great this year when he's he's had like two really good games. Uh, one more for you guys. You know where I'm going. I'm going right back to the guy I used last week. And I was nervous until late in the game. And that late in the game touchdown took me from a couple like mid-level. Oh, I'm doing good. Okay. To yeah. Nice cash day for Johnu Smith. Going right back to Johnu Smith mm. again. Yeah. I like that too. I feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored in that game. So don't mind that call. Play AJ Brown. Just play. I can I. I'm playing both. Possibly, we'll see. Possibly, and you're not going to play. Hey, look. I know John Smith's not getting the heavy targets, but this is exactly what I wrote up, and everybody can go see in Roto Pass for the discount, ten percent off. You can go check it out, or actually podcast for the Roto Pass. Sorry, is four targets, four receptions. And your boy, Noah Fant, destroyed them four for, what was it, a billion and a touchdown. And then the other game was four for 75 and a touchdown from people they're facing. It's just, it's huge opportunity on low projected total or like low projected volume even. So I I love the opportunity there. So defense is where you guys looking. Go ahead, Chris. Um, Yeah, I always, again, I just try to to find a cheap play and I'm not really, I'm not really feeling any of the cheap ones. I thought maybe Detroit halfway through the show when you started talking about Jameis throwing tennis balls, um, potentially, but I I think honestly, um, I mean, there's just not a lot. Like Eagles stand out against Haskins. They've been dialing up some pressure, get after the quarterback. Um, uh, this again, isn't breaking news, but I think there's some value on Fanduel with the 49ers. Like they're up at the top on DK, but they're $500 cheaper than, than the Pats and $400 cheaper than the Eagles up on Fanduel. So I think if you can find a way to get the 49ers dial up some pressure against Matt Ryan, the line is not great there. I, th- I think that's an okay call. Lions are number one projected ownership, by the way. My goodness. <laughs> People want to play defense against a guy that can't throw a football. But or possibly Ryan Griffin, not the tight end. 40 attempts. Yeah, there you go. No, I I think that Detroit's uh, pretty solid relative to like some of these other teams for in terms of their pressure rate. Get a bunch of awesome data from Sports Info Solutions in terms of that stuff, and they're still top five on the slate in um in pressure rate over their last four. So I actually kind of like Detroit at twenty three. I, I agree with Chris that one of the the raw points plays that I think a lot of people will be on, but for good reason, is Philadelphia. Just following Dwayne Haskins around um, every week, you'd, you'd probably be making a lot of money in terms of your defense um, selection so yeah they're expensive but we've seen this year a lot of people just like of course like it's it's pretty plus ev to pay down a defense but you can get some like last week pittsburgh was like very low owned across the industry and they were in a fantastic spot last week against arizona so like because they're expensive so sometimes paying up to be contrarian is something that we probably don't talk enough about when it comes to defense so i think philadelphia for me at the top end pretty clearly all right, well, I'll save mine for our lineups. So, because neither of you mentioned the two teams I'm looking at. So, let's do our lineups and get out of here. We ran long and I'm so behind. <laughs> DFS Battle Royale. All right, well, Joe, you told us you had the lineup that we don't even need to think on our own. Yeah, man, if you're behind, I'll, just, I'll take care of it for us. All right, here. go ahead. Uh, so, <laughs> I am going to go with Ryan Tannehill, the AJ Brown. Going to bring it back with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, very expensive on FanDuel, but I do think he's worth it, especially if Fuller is out. Um, so that'll be my main stack. And then something that, again, I've been mentioning, I feel like every week is trying to bake in these little mini stacks as well. So I mentioned Darren Waller before, him and Chris Conley together. Um, but as kind of round out my 
my running backs now, Saquon Barkley. I, I think that this might be the game. This might be the game that he finally does it. Uh, 8,300 for him. I, I'm still on board with that volume for sure. Chris Carson. Um, and then Patrick Laird, 5,500. I, I like him more on DraftKings, but he opens up a ton on FanDuel as yeah. well. And then we talked about him at the defense position, paying up a little bit to be contrarian. I'm going with, uh, with Philly D at 4,900. Uh, that's the lineup. Uh, pulls out the show now. Yeah. See you later. Good luck, guys, this weekend. No, you don't want to give yours, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> uh, do I need to? Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I have Watson up at the top, and I'm pairing him up with Hopkins. I'm going there. I like I like the fact of coming back with, with A.J. Brown there. Uh, Chris Carson, Todd Gurley at running back position. D.D. Westbrook in at wide receiver. Zach Ertz at tight end. I am playing Justin Watson. I'm playing him in the flex at $4,500. And then I basically had any... I can go with any defense that I want there. I got San Fran plugged in right now, but there's I could I could go up to Philly and, and find a way to get New England, but I'm going to roll out the 49ers. All right, well, you guys got a mix of mine, although there are two that you haven't mentioned. So mine is Deshaun Watson, Chris Carson, Ezekiel Elliott. told you I had him. A.J. Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, attacking that game. Keenan Allen, told you I was going to use him. Jono Smith, staying in that game. Patrick Laird at the flex. And then the, one of the defenses you guys didn't mention – I know he looked good last week, but I'm going to still take the opportunity to attack Drew Locke in Kansas City and force that pace with the Chiefs. And if I don't get the Chiefs on DraftKings, as I like this as a cheap play, is thinking, hey, you could always get bad Kirk Cousins if he's forced to throw a lot against the Chargers defense that has been playing really good against the pass of late. So Chargers were one of the other ones that I would pay down for. But all that being said, like I said, it's a long show. Hopefully you stuck with us because this is what helps you win is all this information, all this knowledge. Follow Joe Holka at Joe Holka. Chris Meany is at Chris Meany. I'm at Allen Kid. You guys know that. DFS Pass. Put in the podcast 10% off. Check out Joe on the Instagram, too. That's where he posts all these videos, the links to the YouTube. Make sure you get those winnings and celebrate with us. Let us know when you do win on Twitter. We love you guys. We'll see you week 16 next week. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.